and welcome to the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s and 30s. I'm Chantelle, the coach, a quarter life and confidence coach, helping women to embrace that single status of theirs, bringing single women together and celebrating all things solo life, living on your own, dating, anything that you're experiencing, court life crisis as a single millennial woman. And in today's episode, I want to discuss the start of 2022 because it's been brewing on the podcast. It's been a hot topic of conversation within the chats we've had, within the book club we've had. But realistically, we are looking at the start of 2022 and really making the most of it. And we are a week or two in now, week or two in and there was that delay there was that awful delay of New Year's Day being on a Saturday. So everything kind of got like shoved towards the Monday as a way of going, well, I'll start the year then with the good stuff, which isn't a problem. It just, you know, causes a little bit of a stoppage when we're first trying to get going, get some momentum. Then it was the bank holiday Monday. So it wasn't even like you were, many people were back at work. I know some of you were. I saw that on the Instagram poll. Don't fear. Um, apologies, you had to be in work on a bank holiday like I remember that from my theatre days and it's so difficult when you're doing it because everyone else is off but it might have got you back into focusing on your goals more if you were getting back into routine and getting sorted in that way however a week or two in things are starting to get tested a little bit we know statistically that new year's resolutions don't actually last. A very, very small percentage actually achieve their New Year's goals. And a lot of people give them up by around mid-February because they've just run out of steam. Now, two weeks in, you may still be going full throttle, which is fab, and that you've kept it up, you're feeling good about things. If you heard the podcast before, you'll know that I said to start in December, bringing up the habits and the systems. And I want to delve into that a little bit more at the moment in case you haven't fully started yet, in case you need a little bit of an oomph or you need to prepare for the dip in motivation. Because at the moment, some of your goals you're not going to be seeing any results for. And that makes things sometimes really difficult to continue with because if, particularly if we're going for like a weight or fitness goal in that sense, you're thinking, oh, I want to have lost this by then or I want to have been running like this or I want to be as strong as that. It takes a lot longer than we anticipate. It takes a lot more consistent effort than we might have realised. And so two weeks in, maybe you're still going, but in another two weeks in a month's time when it doesn't feel like there's a lot having happened, you might be like, but there's no difference and I feel like I'm putting in all this effort, but it's not there yet. And if you saw any of the, you know, transformation style ones, the truth was is that there wasn't a lot to see in the first month, two months, three months, if that's a goal you're going for. And it doesn't have to be something visual. It can be a skill you're building up. It could be something that you're looking to develop. But it doesn't happen so much as quickly as we expect. And it brings me back to a concept that we discussed the Atomic Habits book by James Clear in the book club this month and it was a lovely conversation to have with some members of the single girls club where we spoke about our personal experiences of some of the applications in the book things that we were struggling with some people joined even though they hadn't read the book but wanted to hear some of the concepts so that they could apply it and we helped use our knowledge of the book to then direct with ideas of what that person could do and what might get in their way 
and talk of social media was pretty heavy in terms of people wanting to spend less time on their phones, but finding that the boredom kept them hooked on apps, um, social media apps, dating apps sometimes. It was the boredom of sitting at home on your own, but wanting to connect with someone led you to then going on dating apps when realistically you weren't really necessarily looking to date or it wasn't really like what you wanted to be doing. It was just that it filled the time. And so we discussed ways to look at that. With one concept within the book that I forgot about and didn't mention at the time, but since has come back to me, is the idea of the ice cube in that if you've got an ice cube, it doesn't melt until it's at a particular degree, but as the temperature rises, say, so the temperature continues to rise like one degree, two degree, three degree, and you don't necessarily see anything happening, but it's only at a particular melting point that you actually then see the ice cube starting to melt. And it's that visual that James Clear describes that really gets me with the idea of goals, progress in particular, skill, and not seeing the result when you've got to wait for that delay before you see anything. So I am going to the gym every day. If you've listened to the podcast, it's not for weight goals per se. Lovely if that happens, but realistically, just would like my clothes to be a little less tight, having had an operation over summer, uh, and they are a little bit tighter. Um, but also having left my job, I also see the gym now as something to give me structure to my day, a reason to leave the house. Um, but I still have to commit to that. And doing that is important to me to keep my mental well-being up. But now, because I'm going to the gym, I am like, oh, I do want to be lifting more uh, or I want to be able to do a leg press with more. So having those benchmarks is important to start with because I actually I've never been in a gym before that. I didn't really know what it involved and how it worked other than just, you know, I thought there was lots of machines. Um, and now it's very much like, oh, interesting. I can push myself in lots of different ways here, but I have got to show up consistently and I can't just suddenly uh, leg press 100 or 120 or anything like that I've got to build up from where I am now to later and it is going to take three rounds of 10 reps and another three rounds of 10 reps and doing that a couple of days or every day whatever it happens to be it's not going to be suddenly that I can do those things and I can't also just focus on that one but there is a balance to be had there Within the concepts of the book, I read Atomic Habits a long time ago. I would say it was one of the first personal development self-help books that I read. And it was before the lockdown, the very first lockdown we had, that I started to implement some of these things. I, I would say it was the winter of 2019 or so when I had moved back home. It was finding routine again and it was developing structure and it was working on things that mattered to me at the time. Having control around your life when at the time I'd moved home, I had left my marriage, at the time when things feel like they're out of control, even though I had very much instigated some of those things, is one way to manage. And there's only so many things you can control in life and some level of life events are not controllable. They're not for you to do anything about. However, I could control my routines and I could control the actions I took every single day. And so when I read, or actually listened to, because I did an audible on that in the car on the way to work and back, 
learning about some of the concepts and trying them out was what was key for me to regaining this element of I can do anything that I put my mind to, but I do have to show up consistently every day. And I do have to do it in a way that doesn't mean that I fail at the first hurdle, which is the problem with New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions come across sometimes as so cold turkey, like I'm going to stop right now everything. And maybe you have a personality that responds to that really well. For me, that's not going to be the case. I am going to find that very frustrating. I'm definitely a let's do this in stages. Let's prove to ourselves that we can do one thing before we do another, before we take it down to really having none of whatever it is or doing this every day and building it up. And so at the time, I wanted to work on a number of things. There was bedtime routines, there was morning routines, there was eating habits, uh, there was spending time on my phone. And so using some of the concepts from the book, I wrote my goals down. And this is one of the things that I want you to take away today in terms of keeping up your motivation for your goals for 2022. How are you going to do it? If you haven't written them down yet, if you haven't got them somewhere that you can see them regularly, then you're missing out on a trick because you want to be dedicated to this thing. So at the moment, I have prom to work towards. That sounds ridiculous. I'm no longer a teacher, but I still anticipate being back at the prom with my previous pupils because I used to be the head of year. I have a dress that I can't quite get into. The zip goes halfway up. It's not quite fitting at the moment. And so part of that goal is to fit back into that, whatever that means in terms of toning up. But I have that dress out now on the wardrobe and it's there. I look at it and I go, that's something I need to do. Writing them down is the equivalent of that when you don't have a tangible goal to see every day. But that's a reminder for me of what my goal is. And my goal is to consistently show up to move my body in whatever way that is. Attending classes, doing gym workouts, going for a walk. It can be a variety of things. And that is how I achieve the goal. The goal is to fit into the dress. I need to slim down to get back into it because I used to fit into it. (laughs) It's not a million miles away. But I'm also not someone that's into crash dieting. I don't think there's anything like that. So that's the element, writing it down and committing to it or having some sort of visual cue that continues to remind you about it each and every day. If you're not thinking about it at some point, then you're probably not committed enough to it because you're not thinking, what do I need to do? Now, if you're finding that a difficult thing to commit to and it's something that you need to start doing, you need to think about when it is that works for you to do. So when I first took control back of my life through building new habits and routines, back after my divorce or separation, as it were, I introduced exercise then. And ever since, I've been quite the avid, regular exerciser. You know, there's peaks and troughs. Life is not as consistent as we'd like to think it is sometimes. But for, I would say, six months minimum, I solidly did commit to a very basic workout routine which was doing before it was big well it was big enough but before it hit lockdown and became even bigger I was doing the Joe Wicks workouts every single day every morning for 20 minutes it was roughly and if it wasn't that then it was a run which was half an hour to 40 minutes 
And the goal, there was no specific goal for like getting into a dress or anything like that. It was literally, I want to be exercising. Initially, it was three times a week. Then it became like pretty much every day, five times a week. So you can see over there, the kind of goal building up. It was important to me that I did that first thing in the morning. I did the thing that mattered most to me and that I felt would have the biggest impact in the morning, even though that's really hard. I, again, I think it comes down to some personality, but I find it more difficult to motivate myself in the evening. If I have done a day of work, hell, am I going to find it easy to come home and be like, oh yeah, and I'm going to do that 20 minute workout. Some people like that as part of an evening routine. I'll do my 20 minute workout. I'll have a shower. I'll wind down for bed. And food was probably before that sometime. But for me, it was knowing what worked best for me. And so I would leave my gym clothes because I, and I would just do it in my bedroom until it got hot in the summer. Um, but I would leave that clothing out so that when I woke up in the morning, there was that there was a, a book to read or a journal to write in. And then I would usually meditate as well. A concept that comes from the 5am club in my a kind of applied version of that. So that was another way that I did it. But it was having those visual cues. It was having the reminders around. And if not, writing it down somewhere that you can see so that you can know that that's what you're working on. That you need to do it. That the action needs to be taken in order for it to happen. Now the other Second thing that I want you to think about if you're finding motivation difficult or you're starting to, you know, flail with some of the effort level is finding some way to hold accountability. And you can do this in a number of ways. If you have someone around that is doing the same thing as you, whether it's directly the same goal or they're just taking the same action or if they're just working on their own personal goals and they're happy to share that with you, then find an accountability partner like that. Someone that you can either share and be like, I did it today, have you done it today? Whether that's the exact same goal or just a different goal. Find a group, find a group that are doing that same thing. If it is an exercise goal, then running groups makes sense. But you can also just find groups within your friendships that are doing the same thing or a similar thing. Someone to share their successes with that at least has some level of interest in what you're doing and maybe can get something out of it too by sharing their successes with what they're doing. Not only does this serve your goals, but it serves your friendships and relationships because so often we think we need to do everything on our own. I have over the past two years realised that the way that I actually develop some of my friendships is by actually sharing my life with them. And I mean sometimes the boring bits. Yes, the exciting bits too, or the funny bits. And that is what connection is built off of, sharing experiences together, even if you aren't necessarily there. And in fact, this rings true because my friend sent me a video of her going back to running the other day. I don't know how many people she sent it to. I don't care. She sent it to me. It was a quick video of her, I believe, starting her run. And she was out for the first time in a, quite a while back to running. She knows I run. I haven't run for a while, actually, because I've got the gym now and on the treadmill. It's not quite the same, I don't think. But she knows that I would be interested in that. 
I'd cheer her on. I'd want to know how far she went. And that's another way to develop friendships too, is to actually be interested in what people share with you. Like, so some people could see that and be like, oh, nice. And that's it, which is lovely. You've acknowledged it. Actually take an interest in people. No, that's a slight tangent of goals and habits. But it's an important point to make about friendships, especially in single life. But that's how you can utilise the habit element to develop that side of things. It's something that we forget. Life is about, to some degree, social connection and having experiences with others. And it doesn't have to always be, oh, I need to go on a holiday. I need to go around a girls weekend to create a memory or to feel part of someone's life. Actually, telling someone the little mundane things that were important to you, that were a little bit of delight, were a bit funny, is important. That's, that's how you then talk about it more. You share your difficulties. You get encouragement. That's what I gave to my friend when she shared that. Because she was like, oh, it's going to take me a while to get back to this, get back to 5k under half hour, I think it was. And I was like, it really doesn't matter. The fact that you've got out and run, that's it. Like, you're, you're going, you've started. Uh, and it's finding people like that. It only has to be one person. It doesn't have to be every day. You know, it could be every couple of days to make sure, oh, have you done it for a few days? Or when's your next run? You know, taking that interest for them and then hopefully getting that back to if they've got a goal. And if you don't have someone like that, you don't feel that you want to take that risk to reach out and kind of partner like that. My friend didn't message me saying, hey, do you want to be partners? Do you want to hold each other accountable? You can do that. It's absolutely fine. But just so happens that they don't. But I can at some point say, oh, how's your running going? Topic of conversation. But if you don't feel confident in that or you don't feel that you have those people around, then post it on social media. Give yourself something that, you know, people could watch and later they could ask you about it. Even if they don't actively, if you set your goals and literally write it as one of those posts that says, by the end of January, I want to be able to do this. And not everyone will respond to it. Obviously, you can see potentially like Instagram stories, how many people have seen it. But you'll notice over time that a couple of people that are interested because they are runners themselves, it's running or whatever it is you're trying to do, will send you a little emoji reaction when it comes through or we'll even say nice that looks great especially if you then do it by a certain time it doesn't have to be that you brag and it doesn't have to be that you worry about what other people think they're like oh well, I can't post about that every day it's your Instagram or it's your social media you do what you want if you don't feel comfortable doing it every day then don't do it every day but give yourself that idea that people can see it and people can ask you about it and then you'd be talking about it and you'd want to feel confident in what you've done, what you've tried, what you're struggling with, how it's going. It's that kind of element. And so have someone to hold you accountable for that. And lastly, this was my favourite one. And it still is to this day. It's one of the things that I would rave about. It's something that I've encouraged my mum to do or shared with my mum. She can try when she's doing different goals. And it is a visual representation of your progress. And the thing is, as I mentioned before, sometimes our goals don't have visual representations like going to bed at nine o'clock and putting the phone away at 8 30 there wasn't anything I could write that down in words but I couldn't see that I was doing that every day there was I could feel better I could acknowledge the feeling more rejuvenated because I was getting more hours of sleep but actually seeing that maybe you could argue I saw that on my Fitbit could see that I was getting more sleep maybe my heart rate was going down, my sleep rating was going up, there was some visual chart there maybe, 
But without that, and it's one of the concepts that gets mentioned from Atomic Habits, and it's where I first heard about it, and that is habit tracking. And it's very simple. You cross off when you do the habit that you're looking to do. It can be as simple as crossing it off on your calendar. The day that you've done it, you cross through, just like you would as you would cross the days off normally, but you only do it once you've done the thing you wanted to do. Now, this is perfect for people that love a bullet journal. If you're into stationery, which I am, I love a grid notebook for this reason, you can create a beautiful habit tracker that I think I had something ridiculous at one point, like 13 habits. The whole point of habits is that eventually you don't think about them, that you don't need to actively engage with the process in order to do them. And so some of them of those 13 in the end were habitual. I was waking up in the morning, I was journaling, reading and exercising or meditating along those lines. I actually didn't need to habit track and cross it off, but it just still felt nice to. So I did. And it, I'd done it with some analytics of the numbers. So it's important to me that the numbers didn't change because I'd removed one of the things. And it was also interesting to see if I did flag on something. So something like the exercise or the journaling, if there was a weird little section where like three or four days in a row, I've missed it. I'd be like, well, why is that? And you'd suddenly notice I use zeros on the days I didn't do things. I'd be like, oh, need to watch out for that. Now, I think the realistic approach is to focus on one thing maybe two. It depends on how you're feeling and how much success you're having with those things, how challenging they feel to you. But I would argue that starting to introduce one new habit and breaking one old habit is quite a nice way to go about it. You're focusing on two things, one to start and one to avoid. So for example, getting up at 5am was the starting one and then giving up Pepsi, which is again my goal for at the moment. And reducing sugary drinks rather, was another. So every day that I didn't drink a fizzy drink, then I would cross through it. And seeing the crosses was the interesting part. It's the bit that gives you the dopamine hit, as James Clear goes into in much more detail in the book. It's a fantastic book that I would highly recommend. There's too many concepts in there to describe and share. And the laws, the four laws of habit change, whether that's building good ones or breaking bad ones, uh, the things that stick with me most and it's each bit's going to resonate with different people but in terms of habit tracking which is a common technique to use it was interesting that I use that technique plus the technique of habit stacking where you use one thing to trigger the next so the morning routine was fabulous in that regard the evening routine putting the phone away then getting ready for bed reading at night you know each thing allowed each new system to develop in a way that became effective for me and I have lost some of those routines. I'm reintroducing some of them slowly, but surely we still have to show up for ourselves every single day. It's easy to fall off bandwagons of things because life changes, work becomes stressful, things take over and we compromise some of the good habits we were trying to include. But at the detriment of whatever it was that we were benefiting from from that. And so when you're thinking about your goals for 2022. It's not a problem if you have a day where you don't do what you said. I think that's the ultimatum with New Year's resolutions that I hate. And my New Year's resolution being a child was always not to bite my nails. Now, to this day, I still bite my nails. There's, it's just not one thing that I have enough motivation for. And 
I think also the experience I had from the high idea of New Year's resolutions as a child was that, well, once I'd bitten them by probably the 2nd or 3rd of January, that was it. Like, it was done. It wasn't something now that I was putting any time or effort into because I'd broken it. Whereas instead, if we look at this, I want to show up every day. I want to be able to build things over time. Then I think that's the different approach we need. And we need to help ourselves. We have to give ourselves the best shot of doing that. So setting the right kinds of goals, setting smart goals through your writing down, which is episode number 11, if you need to go back to that, is important. You don't want to make things too unachievable. The dress I have is a dress I've fitted into before. I will fit back into it. I've never worn it before. This is why it's important to me to actually wear it. <laughs> um, otherwise, I would normally advocate like leave it if it's something old you used to have. You can't now get into like you wore it at 18. No, this is very different. This is like I just haven't even had the chance to wear it because pandemic. But actually making sure that we just chip away, we keep showing up every single day. There's another concept, the 1% concept, which if you just improve 1% each day, then you end up getting about 35, 36 times better across the year. And I'm a math teacher. That stuck out to me from the book because I wanted to verify the numbers and it does work because it's exponential. You're getting 1% not of your original, you're getting 1% of your original plus 1%. And then the next day you're getting 1% of your original plus 1% plus one and a bit percent. And it, you know, it accumulates over time, which is why it all takes time. You have to be consistent, get visual reminders so that you don't forget. The visual reminders are there to get you consistent because the visual reminders remind you you need to do it and then you hopefully are doing it. The habit tracker is a way of ticking it off, giving yourself a rewarding experience for doing something. And the accountability partner is there to give you enthusiasm, encouragement, and ask you, are you still doing that? I haven't seen that on your social media or you haven't sent me anything about it yet. You know, it's not their job to completely hold you accountable every single day necessarily. That's usually what like coaches can be for if you have something like that daily or like PTs and things like that. But if it's a friend, then, you know, they can just check in with you, see how it's going. And then you'll feel that like, oh God, I haven't done anything and I don't have anything to say. <laughs> you know, you have that. Especially if you both said you are going to do something. That's feels like you're letting them down if you're not doing that bit. So there are some tips to get you continuing with 2022 in a positive manner. I hope that gives you some inspiration. And if you need a habit tracker, then you can head to the link in the description to be able to grab one that I designed and put together that's a four week habit tracker. That's not the optimum time to build a habit. Habits are something we should build uh, over about, mm, it can take anything from about couple of weeks up to over a year but the average is around 60 days or so but this allows you to kind of complete a month's worth and you can keep printing it off as a four week tracker so if you're not into the bullet journaling and don't want to spend time designing it, you just want to hit the ground running print it off and start crossing things off then you can head to the link in the description to grab that until next time keep thriving